enterprise continues Stop letting people talk you out of your power. How do we build a movement that allows us to respond to all the names that people don't know? People begin to think it's isolated. That's the problem. We're not angry enough. This is Life After the Impact, a podcast for impacted families by impacted families that focuses on what happens after the media, the lawyers, and the activists are gone. When the cameras are gone, people leave. We have to be there for each other. Impacted families are left to face the loss of a loved one to police-sponsored violence. We will focus on their continued fight for justice and how you can get involved. I tell families, you know, fight. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop allowing people to talk about our power. That's the main thing. can't change overnight. But we gotta start somewhere, might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't one of the challenges that we realize there's not enough to right. set freeze happening around the country. And most of the names people don't know. Yeah, so yeah. I think we have to go to the DOJ in force and say to them, listen, we one of the challenges that we realize there's not enough to right. set freeze happening around the country. And most of the names people don't know. Yeah, so yeah. I think we have to go to the DOJ in force and say to them, listen, we got thousands of names and we believe these names are connected to patterns in local law enforcement that's going unchecked. And we know more individuals are going to die because of it, because the consent decrees, again, like that happened after Rodney King and different administrations will, and the Trump administration came in and they ended them. So we really need something in place that takes the consent decrees to the next level. The community of individuals and families who, who hold these names near and dear have to go to the DOJ and make this a priority. And I think it also gives us the ability to begin to think and organize together. Because yeah. people have to realize the, the gravity of what we're dealing with. We're dealing with folks being lynched in 2023. And Literally. not only are we dealing with folks being lynched, we're dealing with folks being black folks being lynched predominantly with no accountability, no, no recourse, no. nothing left no. to deal with that trauma, right? Yeah. But we need to talk about what the next level of pressure and accountability looks like because I think we have to go beyond consent decrees as well. Good evening, everyone. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was uh, murdered by DC Metropolitan Police on October 1st, 2019. I'm here with my lovely co-host this evening. Hey, Latoya, how you doing? Roxanne, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Good to hear you guys. My name is Latoya Bitten. I am the mother of the beautiful Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed by two Virginia State officers, um, State Troopers, should I say, January the 9th, 2021, at the tender age of 18. Um, Roxanne, I want you to actually do the um, introduction again for this week for April, if you don't mind, please. Absolutely, I don't mind. So, I hope that you all have pen and paper and get, you, get your notebooks out. 
We got again in the house, we have a uh, expert organizer, activist, uh, April Goggins is gonna um, uh, give us part two of fundamentals of uh, organizing. Hey, April, how you doing this evening? You're on mute. <laughs> I'm doing really good <laughs> because I've been on mute. I'm really glad to glad to be here as usual. So thank y'all for having me back for uh, part two. It's so much to cover. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, this is our our theme for the year is education, and a part of that um, that education theme, we want to talk about how we organize. And so we're so so happy to have you once again to come thank and you. talk to us. So yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. Oh, okay, so let me do this famous screen sharing stuff. So class, when you get started, you guys, as you tune it in, um, please be sure to share this podcast. Um, again, as with any podcast, you know, we are talking about families as well, but this is super important as far as how it is related to the community also. So please be sure to share this uh, as well as be sure to write down notes. April, will this be available for people to have the notes after the podcast? Um, I haven't thought about that. Uh, I don't have notes, but we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am April Goggins and I am a member of Black Lives Matter DC. Um, and Malcolm X Grassroots DC, but I'm here as community organizer of Black Lives Matter DC. Um, so I want to talk today about the fundamentals of organizing. This is part two, um, so that we can follow up on that and give a little more, uh, uh, I don't structure or you know some more tangible things that folks can do as they get excited about organizing um, their own thing. Um, I always like to start with Ella Baker. She's one of the prolific community organizers of all time. Um, and she says, give light and the people will find a way. Okay. Um, so this is my definition of um, uh, community organizing. There's so many out there, but um, I say that it's empowered Supposed to be empowered, empowered directly impacted people, taking collective action to demand, build, and secure power over their own lives, and working to dismantle any system that prevents them from self-determination, autonomy, and wielding that power. This power is built through commitment, solidarity, and building relationships. I do have Ella Baker to share a little bit of um, Ella Baker at a 1974 Puerto Rico Solidarity Rally. There's no sound. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay, one second. I think when I shared my screen, I actually have to share. 
found too. This is part of being an organizer where <laughs> things, this time it's my fault. Well, it was my fault last time too, but uh, this is where we learn how to fix things in the middle of things happen. They do. So, oh, share sound. There we go. All right, let us try this one. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Miss Ella. Let's do this again. Sisters in the struggle for human dignity and freedom, I am here to represent the struggle that has gone on for 300 or more years, a struggle to be recognized as citizens in a country in which we were born. I have had about 40 or 50 years of struggle, ever since a little boy on the streets of Norfolk called me a nigger. I struck him back, and then I had to learn... I had to learn... I had to learn that hitting back with my fist, one individual was not enough. It takes organization. It takes dedication. It takes the willingness to stand by and do what has to be done when it has to be done. It has to it, A nice gathering like today is not enough. You have to go back and reach out to your neighbors who don't speak to you. And you have to reach out to your friends who think they are making it good and get them to understand that they, as well as you and I, cannot be free in America or anywhere else where there is capitalism and imperialism until... 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 until we can get people to recognize that they themselves have to make the struggle and have to make the fight for freedom every day, in the year, every year, until they win it. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody. We will tell me if this is little boxes, though. All right, so that was. Uh, Miss Ella Baker, who we love dearly. Uh, I don't know where this box is coming from. Though. I think it's part of, I think, because how you have your presentation set up. So I think it's probably, yeah, I think how the presentation set up. Because you see this little X right there inside of there. Okay, is that better? Yes. Okay, great. Thanks, everybody. All right. Okay. 
Um, so I broke it down into three steps. I'm sure if you look online, you'll see um, all kinds of uh, five and seven and 10 steps to community organizing, but I'm gonna talk about three. Because again, I don't want to over um, saturate everybody with too much information. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a lot. And I can't see um, the chat in Facebook, but if you have questions, you should drop them there. And I think the beautiful co-hosts can uh, ask me or let me know. Yep, we'll um, Cool. Um, so step one of organizing always is figure out who's who. Uh, doing a community assessment is critical. It is important to be able to identify who needs to be considered as you build your campaign strategy and or action. Um, so here are, here's one way to look at uh, being able to identify who those groups are. So we start with the leads or those who are the leading the organ, leading the organizing. Um, and they should be directly impacted people. Again, this is community organizing. So this is about what the community needs and, and, and empowering the community to be able to define and push and fight for what material you know, changes they, they need or policy changes or, or whatever they've determined they need. Um, and so these are the people who are ready to get active or have already been active. They're passionate. They really care about the cause and want to contribute. Uh, contribute. Remember, these are the people who are ready to go. They are ready to go. Uh, the core is um, folks that are interested, um, mostly directly impacted. These are goals of ours. Um, and community members that will be actively involved and contributing. So this is the core. People call it the core, but more, more often they call it the base. This is the large group of folks who will be the volunteers, the people who will come out um, and do uh, whatever organizing activities um, have been identified. Supporters are folks who are interested but not yet active. Supporters generally agree with your campaign. They're just folks who might not be able to contribute in the ways that were you know, that are available right now, but will if they can find a place. Um, you know, in time to plug in. Um, another thing to look at in your community assessment is to look and see who else is doing similar work. Now, in some organizing circles, they call these people competitors. I don't. <laughs> I believe that it's going to take all of us to get all of us free. So um, in looking at others doing similar work, we should be looking at folks as possible collaborators, not competitors. Um, because chances are, are the people that we work with, uh, organize with, the way we organize um, um, and where, maybe just different enough that we're actually building to the to an already um, growing movement, right? I was telling, you know, some of you guys know Nini. I was telling Nini that, hey, you know, it's okay for us to focus on the things that we want to focus on. Um, the flame, you know, the world is on fire. So what are the flames we want to try to put out? So if everybody is putting out flames, um, different flames, eventually we're all working on the entire fire, putting it out, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, it is fine for multiple people. I mean, these issues are huge and far reaching and reach a lot of people. Um, but then there is, yep, go ahead. 
I want to say too, I kind of like the analogy how people will say all the time uh, when you go into the grocery store, you go into the bread aisle. There are like a ton, there's like tons of breads there, right? Uh, as a mean that like um, there's not enough room for everybody to get something done or whatever. So I think you're kind of saying, you know, find that strong piece that you have there and still utilize those tools so we can all still work together. Is that right? Right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so then there is the opposition, though. We need to be clear that these folks are the ops. They are the people who are pushing the narratives, campaigns, policies, or whatever um, that may be reversing, blocking um, the change that we want. So the opposition is the problem. They've either created or are per perpetuating whatever is getting in the way of our liberation, freedom, autonomy, self-determination, whatever it is. They are problems. Okay, um, so okay, so we went too far. Um, all right, so the second thing we need to look at is who, what are the people saying? Uh, organizers need to take the time and be intentional about reaching out to directly impacted people to listen and learn about the community and the issues that they are facing first, right? Like we can think that we know exactly what the problem is. We can think we know exactly what to do, but there has to be a large enough group that we hear from that we are really making decisions that are going to be impactful um, and long-lasting um, and able to reach the largest amount of people. Um, and so there, there are, um, to remember that we're getting this information from folks and not necessarily gathering it to harvest it. It's not like a university come in, take all the information from the community and write a book that you get a million dollars off of. <laughs> <This> <laughs> This is really about um, listening to folks, right? To share so that we can use what they say. This is real information to guide the strategy, our tactics, um, how we move forward. Um, and there's a whole lot of tools that you can use to do this. Um, one is to meet in person. One thing you'll learn about um, community organizing is like the number one pillar, the foundation is building relationships. And we know that building relationships takes time, intention, you nurture relationships, you stay involved, they communicated, you know, communicating with folks. So just saying, hey, let's meet in person um, is really, an, you know, it's a really intimate but nice way to connect, right? You can be in the same space, you can see folks facial expressions and really get a better sense of who, who folks are. Um, the next is old school door knocking. Um, door knocking is always good, right? Um, I will say, door knocking when done correctly as a tactic for a specific strategy <laughs> is really good, especially if you're organizing a neighborhood. 
um, it makes sense to actually meet people where they live, especially in the beginning of a campaign when you kick off to let people know and then to 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 let people know you know later here's what we're doing how do you feel about this but then also telling them how they can plug in um, another tool and we at blm we just we just we started part one of this which is to do a, a survey some people uh um like to be able to think through and reflect on their personal experiences alone or individually before they share and surveys can often allow them to do that um, but you always have to remember that um, not everybody is online and you have to have in place how you want to get surveys to people and how you're going to collect them mm -hmm. um, but above all the more ways that you have for people to share and engage the better um, and so another way is listening sessions. Um, and in this um, COVID era, not post-COVID, um, we should, there are lots of ways to do listening sessions. Um, and, uh, oops, I forgot to update that one, but listening sessions uh, in this atmosphere or this world right now, you can do them in person safely. You can do hybrid. We've been doing a lot of things hybrid so that folks who still need to stay home um, can do can still be involved. Um, and you could do them all online like this, just depending on um, what your goals are. Okay. So, so now that we have identified um, some of the issues based on what people said, and we know who the people are that are ready to put in work, it's time to ask ourselves if what we want slash need is a campaign or if we're looking more at a protracted struggle. Either way, it's time to get clear about what we want. Um, so the first thing is using what our, when we're talking about the issue or the, or the problem and we have to get clear, then using what we've learned, what is the one shared issue or problem we believe that we can change together? And does it answer, does it address root causes, right? Because we want this to be a, a real change for folks, um, which means we know that all of the problems generally that we fight for have some underlying root causes. Like right now we're looking at violence. We know that a whole lot of things um, are the actual root causes of violence. And so it would make sense to listen to the people we talk to, to examine what we know about root causes, and then make sure that our, um, that the issue and problem that we articulate includes those things. Um, and then once we have, we're very clear on what that one shared issue is, then we're gonna make our demand. What is it that we ultimately want instead? Um, what do we want? Um, so for example, right now working on um, the Secure DC bill, we want to make sure, so the overall demand is to make sure that DC council doesn't roll back police accountability laws, right? That's what we wanna see. Then we have to name some objectives, right? This is like one, one level down um, 
as to how much um, clarity we need to have. So objectives are specific and measurable things that we can do to get our demands met. Um, and so for the example, the example that I'm using, instead of just saying we don't want them to roll back police accountability, we talk about the specific measurable demand, the measurable part of the demand. Um, and so it's measurable because if we want them to remove these parts, um, it either will be removed or amended or it won't, right? That's measurable. Um, and then our strategy are the plans and approaches that we'll use to successfully meet that objective, right? So you can say like, our, it's, it's our continued pressure on DC Council will expose the contradictions in the, in the narratives and things that they have, and then debunk the data they use, right? A lot of times they are making data say what they need to say, but even um, just looking at it very carefully, you'll see that it doesn't stand up, it doesn't make sense, or it's just not true. Um, and then there are tactics, right? These are the small actions or tasks um, that are within the strategy, right? This is how we, we, we implement the strategy. So these are the things like, right, the action, political education, um, and building counter narratives. So this is where you would protest, rally, um, you would have teaching, whatever the tactic is to meet that strategy um, of, um, it, to meet the strategy of con applying continued pressure, exposing contradictions, Etc. And that was a campaign, but then there is protracted struggle, right? And protracted struggle is commit. It's like a commitment to the long game, right? So we're building a solid base of empowered community members that consistently builds new leadership, right? We want to build new leaders. We want to skill up people so that they have the skills and they have the leadership to also create new leaders, right? So what we're building is a not just a base of folks who are engaging in a campaign, but a, a base of people who understand fundamentally what organizing is. They're building relationships. They're learning together, whether it's political education or um, teachings or whatever it might be, um, which leads us to the next thing, which is um, it's about consistent organizing and base building that can also easily absorb newly activated folks after uprisings during crisis and is scalable and sustainable, right? So what we saw after 2020, which I'm hoping people are really thinking about, is that we have these big bursts of energy and uh, anger and people taking the streets. Well, one of the things we didn't have, a lot of us didn't have, was a solid, consistent organizing, you know, strategy slash program infrastructure where those people who that was their first time getting activated could, uh, they could, we could absorb them and get them plugged in immediately instead of the protest ending and then there's not, they don't really know, no one has said, hey, here are the different groups, 
find someone, you know, find one that that you feel is an, in alignment, where you feel important, you know, that you're contributing, or here's how you start your own. Um, and so uh, by doing, by committing to the long game, we're eliminating that cycle of having to mobilize and organize a brand new base every time a crisis or political reality arises that requires an, an intervention, right? We know the police are gonna still kill. And I think we don't say it enough because, and we do a disservice when we aren't thinking about the long game, right? That, and I said this last time, is that it's on us to look at the root causes. Um, and that means being able to identify the systemic, um, the systemic things that are happening that are bigger than just that, than just that incident, right? Because otherwise, what we're what we're doing is saying that what happened to our loved one was a one-off, right? That somehow it wasn't connected to a larger. Um, a larger system, which just means we're going to keep having what they like to say are one-offs, right? So part of our duty to families and to their loved ones is to try to dismantle the entire system. Um, and that means uh, we need to be able to have uprisings and be able to organize when it happens, but we should have a strong enough base that we're not stopping the work that we were already doing for loved ones and families we're connected to um, with because there is a new um, flashpoint because we don't have enough capacity or enough people. Um, and so we wanna keep the momentum going. And so that's the, the protracted struggle and we do it because it's a way of life. It's not just a campaign, right? We really believe in community organizing and building community as being a path towards liberation. Um, and so obviously I talked a lot about that because I'm really feeling like we need to embrace, really embrace some protracted struggle. Um, and that's not to say it's not either or for campaigns because we can do campaigns um, within the protracted struggle. We just need to make sure that we realize that that's an issue that arise, that arose, um, but that we can continue um, to still work on the organizing and building that we were already doing. And that if this should strengthen our movement, should strengthen our organizing instead of tax it to where there's no capacity. So organizing principles. I think these are incredibly important. Um, I said last time that um, I didn't know I was an organizer until somebody said it <laughs> because they use a lot of words that makes it seem, and a lot of them did, let's be real, go to school to learn a lot of these things. Um, and so I think it's important to start by saying everyone can be an organizer. No one is born an organizer. Um, organizing is a set of skills that anyone can learn. I think we need to be very clear about that, both 
so that folks are out there listening and it feels like it's just too much work, like it's a lot, um, but it's not more than anyone can do because there's so many ways to organize and so many things to organize about. And we already organize or organize for, and we already organize our lives every day, especially as Black folks and especially as Black women and femmes, a lot of our lives is organizing for survival. Um, and so it's the kind of the same thing on a larger scale. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we might use some of those skills um, that we use in the rest of our lives to be able to inform our community organizing. Um, and so one of the, some of these principles um, include clarity and certainty. A lot of organizing is just making things clear and certain. And this, <laughs> and this is an organizing principle that I have to constantly work on because my brain is always in overdrive and I don't always, I'm not always as clear as I'd like to be. Um, and that is an important part of being an organizer because everybody takes in information very differently. And I realize that I process and sometimes speak differently than people. A part of being an organizer is being able to learn different ways um, and to just like ask for help. Um, but an example of how you can learn how to be clear, to be clear and certain <laughs> in your communication is you just want to say like, here are the event details. The meeting is on Sunday. Here's the plan. These are the next steps, right? All of those means that they're handing you something with all of the information you need for the next step. So organizers, a lot of it really is how do we deliver information? Um, and delivering information um, in ways that people, that's helpful to people and they have an opportunity to engage with, um, is a huge part of organizing. Um, another thing is to distribute the work. Don't let a lot, don't let a few people do everything. Empower others to contribute. Distribute roles, not tasks. Make things specific and clear. There's that again. And I say this, a lot of these things, they're aspirational. These are things that we are striving towards, right? Because what we know is there's not always the capacity to have a lot of people do a lot of things because there aren't a lot of people. So, um, you know, a lot of us that have been doing this for a little bit here in DC, um, our numbers and our organization, which all organizations shift and change as far as their makeup. Um, so but one of the things we have to be clear about, especially if we're doing something that's supposed to be long-term, is that in order to do the work, have people feel and know that they're contributing and that they're contributing in ways that make them happy um, is to be able to distribute the work, um, to be able to match people up with roles, right? You can tell people do this, do that, move, move this, move that. But if that person then becomes like, that person is a space organizer, right? Then they have a role that includes tasks that they have autonomy over making decisions, creating processes, 
involving other people, right? That is building leadership as well. Um, and so another part of distributing the work is give instruction and background. A lot of times you may tell somebody something and it was from a meeting that you had and you were able to discuss something, it came up because there was an issue. But when you tell someone, um, you give them or let them know about some work that needs to be done, it might, make, it might not make sense to them right away um, because they don't have that background. So really listen and watch to see if folks are, uh, if what you're giving um, makes sense and doesn't feel like it's just falling out of the sky and not connected to and the other thing is not too many options. So don't give people too many options. And I, and I mean that in a sense that's like, again, back to being clear. What really needs to happen and when um, so that you're not just saying, here's 50 things. Okay, I'm bad at that too. Put down self-criticism. I often give too many options because I have too many options in my head. Um, but it is something anybody can learn to do better. Um, uh, but you really want to make sure that you're watching. This is not, most of the time, it's not what people are getting paid for. This is a, a service or, you know, this is putting in work for us in our community. Um, so, you know, we don't want to exploit labor and, um, you know, we want to be respectful of people's time and autonomy um, and abilities. Which takes us to building relationships. I said earlier that building relationships is like the foundational part of organizing. So an organizer is always building and maintaining relationships. In order to organize with people, you need to know them, who they are, what they care about, what they're excited to do. They also need to know those things about you. They wanna know that you're sincere competent and that you care about them too. Um, and I think all the time we we have a very, we can have and tend to have a very romantic view of what care is um, and then either feel disappointed or never quite know what that looks like. And that sometimes care is about recognizing people's humanity. If somebody is working really hard, they are probably getting tired. So you can check in with people um, and see how they're doing, right? If we're talking about when you first meet someone, that's the basics of care um, is being, you know, considering them and considering the impacts of the work and whatever issue you're fighting on them. Um, and so that means meeting people where they are um, and where they are ready to jump in. And be fine with people um, wanting to wait. Sometimes people that you don't know, it could be something that they need to, um, they're getting ready to be done with their second job. So they'll be able to have more time or it could just be, they wanna watch and see. Um, maybe they had a really bad organizing experience and before they jump in, they wanna see how this is working. Um, but people also have different knowledge and different skills. Um, so be, you know, listen. A lot of, again, building relationships is to listen. And to listen is not just the words, 
but we're learning about people um, and then we're respecting where, where they're at. And part of relationship building means that you know a little bit more about someone and where they're at. And encouraging can be loving, but we've got to know the difference between encouraging and pushing, right? That encouragement should feel empowering and it still allows the person to have boundaries or say what they're ready for or ask for what they need. Um, and make sure you check in often. There's a lot of ways to do that. Um, but the more you check in and reach out to folks, um, whether it's short or long, people enjoy being missed and being kept in the loop. Appreciation goes a really long way. Um, and we have to keep that like in our brains because it's not always just when someone is having a bad you know, something is going on, they're tired, or there's you know, some, something that they're dealing with in life. Sometimes it's just like in the moment, like you did that thing and it was incredibly helpful or thank you for showing me this. And it's genuine. You're not searching for some, you know, random thing to say. Um, but when you think about it and you're, you know, something crosses your mind, like that's really cool or I really appreciate that. You can say that people really in, enjoy that and as folks who are generally oppressed and have to deal with anti-black racism and sexism and oppression every day that's something that we gotta remember we don't get from the world um and so part of organizing is to, is to change that and to not replicate that same like individualism and um isolation that the world brings um and remember individually, right? Like we can reach out to groups, we can say stuff, but it really does make a difference when we're talking specifically to one person about a thing they did or that they said, um, or just to appreciate them as a person and how they show up. Um, and remember, like we're talking about passion, not obligation. Don't guilt or shame people into tasks. Like it's gonna backfire, it's terrible. Um, it's not the spirit in which we are trying to build the liberation that we want. It's not liberatory. Um, allow, encourage them and allow them to follow their passions and excitement. Um, a long time ago in BLM, um, we used to always ask people what makes your heart sing, right? Is it gonna be in this work? It doesn't make sense to keep doing the thing. I mean, sometimes you're going to do things that you hate, right? But your number one job shouldn't be the number one thing that you hate in life and I'm really bad at. Like, please don't have me do numbers every day. <laughs> so I will be done. But, you know, if, if what you want to do is cultural organizing, you want to bring art to the organizing, like, that is incredible. And we should be, because chances are there's other people who want to do that well. We should be encouraging that. Um, uh, and then generally whatever task it is you will find someone who is fine with doing that or wants to do it um, and so we got to remember that we're reaching out to folks who are already organizing as well and ask them to join us ask them you know how they want to get involved um, and follow up we're all busy and sometimes we just need a reminder to actually follow up through on our with our best intentions um, this is a service not a new right um so um yeah it's again it's something that has to do with caring about building relationships trust 
consistency, dependability, those are things that are important to building relationships. Remember to pace yourselves. This is me. Uh, sometimes not everything needs to be done right away. Be realistic about capacity and set reasonable goals. Sometimes that means going back over your to-do list before you add something else. <laughs> Sometimes it means prioritizing. I have a whole list of things that I want to do as an organizer, and they're on a list, and I want to do them all the time, and it feels like I need to do them, but nobody else knows I need to do them. They're not actually things that we're working on as an organization or, you know, the things I want to do in the future. I need to remember and continue to tell myself, like, you don't have to do that right now. You do not have to do that right now. Uh, which brings me to the next thing is understanding the difference, in, the difference between urgency and emergency. I know somebody once said, like, my, your emergency um, might not be my emergency right or your urgency yeah your urgency might not be my emergency um, so understanding that like an emergency is an unforeseen combination of things that happen that require immediate action your urgency is something that's probably really important and needs or we hope that it might get immediate attention but it may not need to be done right then and we've got to sometimes be able to to know the difference, right? What does it mean? It also means being able to communicate with people like, hey, I need this tomorrow, or I um, don't need it till next Thursday, so that people, you're setting expectations, and that's part of building relationships um, as well. Um, and engage the heart. Emotion is more important for motivating action than facts and figures. Right, this is work of the heart, right? This is, it's service, um, but it really is about us building the world that we want. Um, and so that's something that we do. I mean, I do this work for the love of black people um, and I have to engage my heart in this um, And I have to engage, did I miss something? I heard somebody talking, that someone saying something? I'm sorry, I, I should have been on mute. Oh, okay. I was like, let me, I will talk over you if I don't know. <laughs> um, but yes, engage your heart. Be in, be in touch with your heart, right? Like a lot of times this stuff is heartbreaking. And being engaged with your heart sometimes mean, means being able to step back and do inventory about that. Like, is it, am I, am I still doing this because I, I love it? Am, um, is the love heartbreaking or is it like heart, uh, heart building? Um, and, it, and if it doesn't, if you, if you can't connect with people on, an, on that kind of a level because you're too tired or too angry, sometimes I'm too angry and I have to be like, I'm not going to that process or I'm not doing that because I'm checking my heart. Um, and I know that it's not, I'm, I won't be showing up in the way that I want to show up. Um, and, you know, trust the people, trust the people and they'll become trustworthy. People respond to trust. Um, and many people do things very differently from you, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. Like it's 
the whole, yeah, someone can help, you can help, but I like don't, I like to do it this way. And then there's that feeling when someone else does it that you want to look and see that they do it like you would. Um, yeah, it's getting away from that and learning to trust people, um, even if it looks different, which is difficult for people like me. Um, I am an oldest child and I got used to doing that <laughs> with my siblings all the time or with my daughter. So it's um, something that I have to be conscious of. Um, people want you to succeed, right? As an organizer, the people you work with and are organizing with, they actually want you to succeed. Um, and because of that, um, they want you to succeed because it also means that they're doing well because you're a team and on the same side. Um, so it's not a test or a competition, who can do the most, who has the most impact, who does the most stuff. It's really about, um, we also we want everybody to succeed. Um, they want the organizers to succeed. The organizers want the folks who are um, becoming organizers to be successful. Um, yeah, and enjoy the work. That's back to like, we used to say, what is your, what makes your heart sing? Uh, it's saying um, in a world full of drudgery and fear, we can bring playfulness and joy to social justice work. We have to. Um, in many ways, folks say that joy is revolutionary, and it is, but we've also got to start integrating it into how we live every day. That it doesn't have to anymore be a revolutionary thought because it is part of who we are and the community that we are Yay! I did it so I could give us enough time to to talk. So that's the end of end of my stuff. <laughs> Hope I didn't talk too fast. I was trying really hard not to talk too fast. No, you're fine. Look, I was going to say, too, it kind of reminds me of, um, so recently I've been reading about the letters in Birmingham, right? Mm, yeah. One of the three points, uh, four points that you put in there was pretty much kind of how you put in the slide about um, knowing who to talk to, right? So that would be about knowing the facts of knowing who people are, whatever. Um the, it was it's kind of the exact same thing, I guess, like just knowing how it is like step by step. Um, but that's mainly you know, like what it is, kind of like giving people the tools they need in order to move forward. Now we have that available at all on um will we have can we like will we have that to, to give the people or how can we make that, you know, available for other people to look at? Which one? Any of the slides. Um, I can um Go. I'll put it in. I'll put it somehow in a way that we can. You can put it on your page on your website. Yeah. Oh, is it kind of like a toolkit? You know what I mean? Like in a yep. sense. Yeah. Exactly. So folks works. can just go in there and have resources and pull from it as they build their own stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So I think. Um, Sorry, Roxanne might be having technical issues. I don't see her. I see her screen is blacked out. I'm not sure what might have happened. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of mechanical stuff, technological stuff happening in the universe. So, <laughs> but look, for time's sake, though, um, I don't want to hold up too long. For time's sake, wise, 
There are not too many questions in the comments, but right now, which is fine. But um, the main thing is I wanted to make sure we're able to get, you know, get not uh, the community, but for ourselves as well. You know what I'm saying? The toolkits we need to organize. Because like you said, again, no one's born an organizer. Um, I think it's funny how people say to me all the time, they'll be like, oh, you didn't become so passionate about this. Your son got killed. And I'm like, listen, no matter when I started, I, I'm still starting, right? Um, so it, it don't matter, right? And the thing for me is that if my son got killed and I did nothing, you know, then that'd be a problem. So, you know, being that we're still getting started. Roxanne, you back here? I think I see you down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on my phone. Uh, um, I, I just thank you so much for that presentation, April. I, I do want to go back and just review it. But I think um, what it really, what really stood out for me is the, is how, it's, this is not easy, right? And it's not like a, you know, we say this a lot. It's not a sprint. It's a, it's a marathon. And so getting people engaged and keeping them engaged throughout this process right, is a is a challenge. It really is. Is that is that putting it mildly? Yeah, it is. I mean, we gotta be real about it. Yes, it is. Yeah. But how, how do you how, how do you keep people engaged in, in this work? Yeah, something you have to can I'm, I continually work at. Um, you it's a lot of planning too right like I think we've definitely I've definitely seen how there are so many times when we haven't planned how to keep people engaged right it does take planning to say like what are the things we do want to bring people into um and how do we have a mechanism it doesn't need to be super expansive but like we do need a, a way right we need and and sometimes it means like you need someone who their only job is like engagement like they are the people who are watching because everybody can't do everything but people who are like hey this thing has ended where else might we be able to plug people in or to, to develop skills to be able to ask people like what now that this is done or it's getting ready to end do you envision have you been thinking about anything you want to start or get you know get involved in um, but that's the relationship building out of constantly constantly talk to people um but yeah encouragement um definitely definitely keeping in touch though it is very easy for people to fall off and go and it's a skill right i get a lot of anxiety like to answer my phone and to do all of that um it just for whatever reason it's always been like that um but slowly over the years i'm getting better or i just have to tell people like i text i just text it's just easier. I can do it fast. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's about it's about that too, but you gotta find a way to connect with people and, and outside of the work, right? That's not easy for everybody. I am I mean, not the best at that. You know, last time you were on, you were saying about, you know, building community. So I think this kind of ties into the two. Um, when you have somebody who you're constantly, you know, you're, I'm checking on you, you checking on me. I'm making sure that you're here, make sure that I'm here and whatnot. And we're kind of like this tag team, this thing. And it's like, the last time, it's about building community. And when we, like, you know, people are feeling they're, like, included and they know that it's like, you know, you're not just here being a number. This is a real cause about the whole community. I think that's when we can have, 
sorry, I know for myself, that's when people feel like they're more engaged, right? Like when they um when they're made fully aware of what's going on, it's like not like last minute and they know, okay, hey, we got this planned on whatnot. And then you call the next day. Um, the people in the comments asking right now about, you know, like I asked you, you know, after this presentation is going on, will they have access to this? You know, they want to be engaged, you know. Yeah. So then how and you know, come back to this again and I have this toolkit so that we are like you said again, constantly and engaged. Right. And I yeah, it's 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 needed. I think the other thing is um just always being prepared with how people and yeah, I'm really bad at this, but how people can um how people can plug in and let me how people can plug in and always have like a call to action. Right? Like, what are you working on that people can do right now? Like, I would say right now, um, I actually should put this slide up here because, you know, on the 5th is the next um, vote for the city council, right? And there are so many groups working on it that if someone someone can take action, I'm sure we'll do um, call-ins and we did an email campaign. And then we also had people show up. So... Um, I need to put our information up here so that um, so that people can connect with that because we're um, generally putting stuff on social media or you can get on our email list um, so that you can uh, yeah um, Red light camera ahead. Make your job there. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um, so just so folks have um, um just so folks kind of can see who we are um and can plug in our stuff is over here under contact. We're on all of the things. Um, but that way we try to share, um, like the events and contact information for other groups as well, because BLM isn't the only group and it might not be for everyone. Um, but it's kind of like, it, look, join an organization. Um, yeah, I would say join an organization. And if you want to start your own or you are, reach out to someone who's doing it and or who has done it and see if they'll help you, right? Like, um, Whatever, you know, whatever, wherever you can plug in. And sometimes just going to events that people are having, you will so meet other people. Um, well, right, you can put the network at the other events and whatnot so that you can. Um, and that, that's how we met people, um, someone as well, whatnot. I think about networking and right. making that, uh, well, making sure that you can engage uh, with people. So, um, April, what someone put in here again, what is the date you said just now? Um, March fifth uh, is gonna be yeah the second vote on the security DC bill and we definitely want people to show up. Um, there will be action um, coming up. So uh, of course I didn't put on here how to. Um, if you email us, I can um, I can send you our um, how to get signed up on our listserv as well. Um, so that you'll get the emails, because what we did last time is there's a coalition of folks who put out um, 
like educational stuff for each day to talk about each part of the bill. Um, and so, you know, if you're on our list, if you're on our list, then you'll get those kind of that information. Um, well, we'll probably bring it back on time again to kind of wrap it up um, as far as organizing this one time, maybe to get like an overall lesson about um, what it is. Um, could you put the screen up? I just want to get Roxanne, you got to go on mute with your, king, your, uh, your speed camera head. <laughs> we can hear all that. Sorry about that. Okay. But uh, make sure you guys uh, who, who are on the call, whatnot, we'll make sure that April has it available. Um, she'll give it to one of us here. We'll have it available as a toolkit. Uh, Patrick put in the notes here as well, you know, making this to a toolkit about best practices. So maybe April, you can help us out as well as far as um best practices, as far as organizing this concern. Um, again, we're always coming on and helping us out. Um, if you can maybe get um send over to Roxanne the the, the slides so we can put it together so we can have you know they'll people can look at at a later time as well. Yeah, definitely. I can do that. All right, Roxanne, you got anything left for us tonight? Um, I just want to thank you again, uh, April, for presenting that. We, we're definitely going to post that on um, our, you know, work with you to post that on our um, social media and on our website so that people can have access because it's very important information. You know, it's the information that you need to build something that is um, that is solid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. If we thank you again, you all. This has been Life After the Impact. Um, you all be sure to check our page out again. As you said again, I don't know how to join an organization. You know, um, you don't you don't have to always write the will. Join organizations like doing the work so you can continually get involved. You all this been Life After the Impact. We'll see you next week again um, for another episode. Have a good night. When we're organizing, we're organizing in the same way that we're building the world that we want to build, right? You don't have to agree on everything, but you have to decide what you do agree on, those points of unity. So all of our actions together have to be in alignment with the things that we have agreed on, whether that's our political, um, whether that's our political stand or some strategy or uh, tactic we decided, right? You have to understand what accountability is. Like we throw that word around. I've had to learn it both personal and organizational where you have to say, who are we accountable to? Because if we're not accountable to anybody, um, then that's basically not answering to anybody. We haven't told people, this is what we're going to do. Um, and we're accountable to you to do that. It is not a muscle that we use naturally, right? Like being accountable, being able to say accountability is a gift because I'm I am reaching out to you to to hold to allow you the space to be the person or the organization or the coalition you say you are right. I'm reminding you this is we said we were going to do those things um, and we're out of alignment. But here is an opportunity for us to get back there. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop allowing people to talk us out of our power. That's the main thing.
But we gotta start somewhere, might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have